good morning. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host and I apologize in advance. I got a little bit of a bug. It's trying to, it's it's picking on the wrong body. I'm not going to have it. Oh, we have Angela Totman on the show. Angela, how are you? Good to see you on here. Um, so listen, today I have, I have somebody that I've had to reschedule, I, I think only twice, <laughs> but but uh, I have a guy on today that is a rock star entrepreneur, and I cannot wait to hear his story. I want to welcome David Mamano to the show. David, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken, thanks for having me. I'm super psyched. Good, dude. So, <clears throat> so look, I, I created this show last April. I have interviewed over 160 um, celebrities and entrepreneurs from all over the world. And I've, I've had I've, some amazing stories and, and you know, the, the, it, what, here's what I think. I think that people grow by hearing other people's stories of hitting, hitting walls and breaking through them. Right. So, um, I'm sure that you've hit a couple of walls along your way, <laughs> bumps Absolutely. in the road. So I'm excited to hear your story. So let's talk about, um, let's start with where you were born and raised. I was born and raised and actually still live in lovely Rochester, New York. Uh, I call it the Upper West Side, right? So people are, where are you from? Uh, from the Upper West Side. And uh, <laughs> it's a community of about a million people, the greater Rochester area, our metro area, uh, better known for Kodak, Xerox, Bosch and Loam. Uh, which, uh, you know, have changed a lot. Uh, we have, you know, we now we have uh, paychecks. We have a lot of other big, great companies. Uh, but it's really become a company uh, because of Kodak and Xerox. At one time, we had the most patents uh, of any city in the in the country on a regular basis. And, wow. Uh, and since those companies, they're still around, but they're, they're very different companies. And uh, instead of the big three, which I said, Kodak, Xerox, Bosch, and Lum, we have like the big or the small thousand, right? Wow. So a lot of wicked smart people uh, <clears throat> that were working at those companies that, that are uh, technology, et cetera, that now have started their own, you know, five, 10, 20 person companies. And uh, so a lot of cities that, you know, w used to be great cities, but their major industries or major companies collapsed, uh, like Binghamton and IBM, like, oh, you know, Schenectady and GE, oh, you know. Wow. Uh, Rochester never uh, has had a uh, a bad unemployment rate. You know, even in 2008, 2009, we were, we were like around 4%. People are like, how is that with Kodak, Xerox, Bosch, and Loan being different companies? It's because we all just started different companies, you know? And yeah. uh, and so we're, we're, we're like, um, we, we, we keep on kicking. We keep on reinventing. It's a, uh, you know, unfortunately, when you see Buffalo and Rochester in the news, uh, on the national news, it's like February snowstorm. Uh, but there are a lot of other months, you know, when it's nice here and we have a great life. It's still, I relate it to still kind of a Mayberry city. You know, it's still, it's yeah. a, it's one of these cities where we still have dinner together, you know, 530 every night, go to church, family activities, play in Little League. And uh, and we could be anywhere in about 15, 20 minutes and, and getting together with the relatives on the weekend. So it's, it's it. a it's a great place to live. That's uh, my my wife grew up in Erie, PA, which is um, up there in the snow belt with you. <laughs> so, yep. I mean, it's pretty far from from where you are. But, uh, yeah, she's uh, she grew up in the snow belt up there. So. 
So, um, so growing up, what was, um, because you're an entrepreneur, I, I don't know how, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that, how long you've been an entrepreneur, but um, growing up, what was it like? I mean, you know, you had the little league, you had all that. I mean, were your parents entrepreneurs? Not My parents were not at all. My dad worked for Kodak, as a lot of Rochesterians did back in the day. My mother was your traditional homemaker. I, I joke that I, I grew up in an, in, an, in an Italian beaver cleaver family. I mean, I have nothing to complain about. I had a great mom. I had a great dad. I had a great little sister. We lived in a beautiful suburb of Rochester called Pittsford, New York, which is on the Erie Canal. And it's just quaint. It's gorgeous. Uh, it's a very wealthy uh, community. Um, and so, um, uh, they, but they were not entrepreneurs. However, a lot of my relatives were right. So my grandparents came over from Sicily and they were entrepreneurs by, by, cause they had to be right. They had to be Kodak wasn't hiring anybody with a vowel at the end of their name in the forties. Right. And <laughs> true story. I mean, it's like wow. if you, if you, thirties, forties, you know, before, if you had a vowel at the end of your name, very, very tough to get a corporate job. So what did they do? Well, they became construction workers, et cetera, right? Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, so one of my, uh, my grandfather started a pool company, was one of the first guys in Rochester. He and my great uncle, uh, they were one of the first companies in Rochester to install in-ground pools in Rochester, right? Wow. Uh, you know, another uncle opened up a great restaurant called the Maplewood Inn. Um, another uh, uncle opened up a sign company. So a lot of the signs you see around town are still made by his company. Uh, so, uh, so that's, that's really, uh, what we're doing these days is, uh, is, you know, taking the, uh, I think the, uh, the energy I get from, from those relatives and, uh, it's in, it's in my blood, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, did you, you, you participate in sports and all that growing up as a kid? Not well. I certainly tried. <laughs> yeah. I can relate. Uh, I was a kid that did the sports that anybody made, right? I did cross country. Yeah. I did uh, I did skiing <laughs> and I did track, right? So yeah. if you had a pulse, you know, and, you, and legs, you, you you pretty much made those teams, you know? Right, right. That's <laughs> awesome. So so you, you went to school there, high school there. Um, did you end up going to college? Yeah, I went to uh, university at Buffalo, our neighboring city, about an hour and 15 minutes away. And yeah. I was going to be a dentist, ended up doing an internship, had uh, realized that I had no love of teeth whatsoever and <laughs> uh, changed my major a couple different times and ended up selling ads for the school newspaper. And I loved it. And then I sold ads for uh, the radio station out of college and uh, didn't like that. And then eventually that led to my course of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. So you... Um... You so you 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 didn't finish. Oh no, I finished college. Oh, yep, yep. You didn't yeah, yeah. Went to UB for dental, four years. You didn't do dental school though. Did not do dental school. Got no, it. I did an internship and realized I had no love of teeth whatsoever. Got it. I mean, kind of a funny story. Like, why did you want to be a dentist, Dave? And, and after that internship, I look back and like, you know, why did I want to be a dentist? And the, the reason was, um, my my mother's cousin was our dentist. And he was very rich. He had a big house and he had a red Porsche. So as a 14-year-old kid, I'm going to be a dentist when I when I see that, right? right. <clears throat> no thought of the actual career and, and all that stuff. So uh, I, when I talk to younger people, I say, hey, rule number one, don't choose a career for the money. Right. Choose a career for you know something that you like doing anyway. And how can you how can you parlay that into a career? Right, right. 
So with the so, how did you end up? So you got you got your college degree, and it was in what? What was your your final communications? Okay. So how did you? What what happened after college? What 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 was the first thing you you did? Yeah. Well, so as as I mentioned, I I ended up working at the school newspaper. I went down there to be a writer and they didn't have any writing positions available. So I sold ads. It was a big paper. It came out three times a week. We had a circulation of 11,000 and I loved it. I really, I I did get to write a little bit, but I love selling ads, right? I just loved, you know, creating the ads, helping the local pizza shop grow. And, and uh, it was, it was a, I would get a commission, a fun business. So then I thought, you know, this is, I graduated college in 1991. So, you know, before the internet took off. So at that time it was like print and then radio and then maybe TV someday. So I got back here in Rochester, got a job in radio and I sold radio ads and uh, did that for three years, three different stations. Finally realized that it wasn't the stations. It was me. Right. (laughs) I just, uh, you know, radio selling radio ads is great boot camp for sales, right? If you can sell radio ads, you can sell everything, anything, but um, I realized that, you know, I like my boss. I just hated having a boss. Um, I liked radio. I just I just didn't like selling radio, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and at that point, I, I realized I think I just needed to start my own business. I needed to do my own thing. And that's when I started thinking about being an entrepreneur. And, and OK, so the the word entrepreneur, in, in my my opinion, is way overused today, like. You see, you know what I'm talking about. It's 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 really, really, really overused in a lot of, you know, like when you decided you were going to be an entrepreneur, what was it that you were like, I'm, I'm going to go because I'm sure back then you weren't like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. It was more probably like, I got to do my own thing and figure this out. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, it's funny. So uh, when I started the business, entrepreneur wasn't a word that was thrown around. There were no entrepreneurship classes or programs at colleges. No. If you're an entrepreneur, it's kind of a fancy term that you didn't fit in in a big company, and maybe you're selling watches out of your trench coat, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> at the mall, accosting people yeah. as they walk in, right? Yeah, and yeah. and so so you're right. My mission was <clears throat> I wanted to create something from scratch and be in control of it. Not that I'm a control freak, but I wanted to be in control of the culture, the standards, the quality, the process. Like I didn't want to have to do something that I didn't want to do for a living or make a shortcut or or not have something up to my standards. Right. I wanted to create something great and I wanted to be in control of it. And that was it. That was it. I wanted to control the experience for me and and for the people that I, I serviced and worked with. So. uh, So that was it. So, I, you know, I had this idea. I, I took my love of. When I worked for the magazine or the um, newspaper in college, I loved it. Right. It was a great yeah. experience. And then I also looked at my activities that I was doing for volunteer and I was doing a lot of volunteer activities uh, for young people. Right. Yeah. I was a volunteer at a uh, uh, camp for kids uh, with cancer. I was a junior achievement volunteer and I was a big brother. Right. So wow. kids in the inner city, I take them out once a week. And I'm like, well, I obviously like helping youth with their future. And I loved the high school or the college newspaper. What if I combine those? Ended up talking to my cousin, you know, uh, you know, a little, little Godwink happened. My cousin was going to college here in Rochester called RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology. And I asked him, I said, well, you know, how'd you choose RIT? And uh, he had no idea. And uh, <laughs> he said, I just got in. You know, my, my, my parents suggested it. I had some friends going, so I'm here. And I thought, what a shame. You know, it's a great school. Uh, but if, you're, if you don't know why you're there, it's not a great school, right? 
And right. I thought, geez, how many kids are actually in college and they have no idea why? And I was like, that's it. <clears throat> I can start a magazine for high school students and uh, and help them while they're still in high school with with planning for college, choosing a career, and, and then throwing some life skills in there as well. So we uh, so we and when I say we, I mean me. Uh, I started a magazine <laughs> yeah. called Next Step Magazine. Yeah. And. And we had three pillars, college planning, career exploration, life skills, and then we would give it free to the students in high schools in bulk uh, in Rochester, right? 150 high schools in the area and give it free. And the way we would make our revenue is we would sell ads. And that's what I did best. Right. So colleges, you know, uh, banks for student loans, the military. Right. So any business that wanted to reach high school students. Uh, And that's how we got the whole ball rolling. Wow. And that was yeah. just, you just had this idea. Like out of the Yeah, blue. it was just, it was an idea in my head that uh, at the end of the day, it's all about execution. Yeah. Right. So at the time, I'm 25, no wife, no kids, no nothing. I had a Geo Prism, which you may remember that, those crappy yeah. cars. Yeah. <clears throat> I said, if I lose my Geo Prism, I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I didn't burn the bridge. That was very important for all you people thinking about starting a business. I didn't burn the bridge with my employer. I left on good terms. I said, yeah. it's not you. I just did something I want to try. I could have gone back because I was a good salesperson if, the, yeah. if it didn't work out. I didn't want to go back. At night, I was I worked at a waiter at a restaurant called Mario's and also Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah. Uh, so during the day, I was you know an illustrious magazine publisher. And at night, I was uh, you know slapping meatballs and super-duper chicken sandwiches, whatever it took. Wow. Wow, this sounds like a, a scene out of. I, I was gonna ask you, isn't Rochester where the um, uh, that TV show, The Office? What wasn't that in? Wasn't that? Oh, it's out that, of Scranton, 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 Pennsylvania. Scranton, Scranton. That's but right. We're actually right. very similar cities. That's yeah, funny right, right. Yeah. So, so, um, so, <laughs> so here you are. Okay, so this goes back to the. Um, learning how to sell advertising at the radio station. I mean, had you not done that, I'm, I'm not sure. You, I mean, maybe you would have figured it out, but but like that probably helped with the whole yeah. magazine advertising sales thing, right? Absolutely. Well, selling ads at the school newspaper, the college newspaper, and yeah. then bringing that up to the next level for selling ads in radio, which once again, this is an intangible product, right? You, no one ever walks into a car dealership and say, Hey, I just heard your ad on WKLX and I want to buy a car. No one right. ever says that, right? Never. And it would drive me nuts. So it's, you have to be a very good salesperson to be able to sell radio advertising. It's like boot camp. Yeah. So once you've sold radio advertising, everything else is pretty easy, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're right. It was, it was a tremendous kind of like getting my MBA in sales. I mean, because all, all you're really selling with radio is branding. Like, you're, you're, yeah. Like brand recognition. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, right. you're, you know, it, it does work if it's done right, right. and if it's done enough, you got to saturate that audience. Uh, but it's like a billboard, right? Billboards work, yeah. but no one ever mentions like, I just saw your billboard. Let me right. buy a car, right? right? So there's different right. types of advertising. So I, I love that, man. So I, I think that, um, so you, and and what did you do to, to generate your, like the people just start calling you. They heard about your magazine and they started lining up to spend money with you. That that's what I dreamed about at night. And then I woke <laughs> up to reality. <laughs> right. No, right. in the beginning it was, it was, I call it 
you know, good old pick and shovel work, right? Rolling up your sleeves, making the calls. Uh, the majority of our advertisers were colleges. That was kind of a no-brainer. I would say, hey, you know, we're reaching uh, over 70,000 high school students in New York. And it, oh, I, I'm skipping ahead. We started in Rochester, and then we expanded to Buffalo and Syracuse, and then we expanded to all New York State. Wow. So the sales calls would say, hey, I'm reaching, you know, 70,000 college-bound high school students in New York State five times a year. Would you like to market to them? We had a business reply. This is before the internet. So we had a business reply card in the magazine where the Jeez. students could put Joey Smith. Da, da, da. I'm interested in Elmira College, et cetera. And, uh, and then send that reply card. In, and then we would get those leads to the colleges, right? Yeah. And this yeah. is before they had, you know, sophisticated data entry systems and all that. But so they say, oh, wow, I, I, I spend five grand in Next Step Magazine. They send me leads. Beautiful, right? Yeah. And it was a much simpler, simpler process back in the day. Yeah. But so, uh, but it was a lot of picking up the phone, calling colleges, calling the military branches, uh, calling banks for student loans, et cetera, uh, and just, you know, really doing a good pitch. Jeez. Were you calling on small businesses on college campuses, like, like the little restaurants and things like that? No, no, because it was, it was more about recruiting the high school students oh, that are the magazine, you know, for that college, you know, they, yeah. they weren't there yet, you know, so those small businesses I called on when I was working for the college newspaper. Gotcha. So how, how long did that last or do you still have it? No, great question. So we got it going in all New York state, great revenue model, very excited. And you know, the entrepreneurial curse, right? You have a goal yeah. and you're down here. Yeah. You reach it, pop the champagne next day, you're bored. What's yeah. the next one, right? Right. It's just, it's this drug. And so we, uh, New York State, great model, great template, making a good living, didn't have to work at Ruby Tuesdays and Mario's anymore. Yeah. What do I want to do next? Well, I want to go national, of course, right? Yeah. Now, if all of a sudden I went national with just one issue, I would have lost all my core advertisers because n most New York State colleges don't recruit in Utah, Wyoming, Texas, right. et cetera. So then I had the idea to actually set up a franchise corporation. And we ended up franchising the magazine idea into different uh, into different um, states and regions. So we so essentially, I got a guy in Texas, for instance. He had the rights to Texas. No one else could call the colleges, the accounts, or the high schools. Yeah. We would uh, we did a shelf for him, the whole magazine, the cover, design articles, yeah. gave him a little space for local flavor articles. Um, Send him the shell. His local designer would put the ads that he sold from Texas yeah. in there. Yeah. Send the shell back to us. We would do his printing and mailing. Lo and behold, we hit every state. So we were in every, all 50 states. We were in about 20,000 high schools five times a year. Print, of course, online. Then we went to the iPad, mobile, digital, all that great stuff. And we really, we created a great, great business model that we were reaching more than 3 million high school students per year in more than 20 high schools with our products. Wow. So I want to, I want to pause for a second and, and just say, um, thank you to Chris Saraceno because Chris, yes. Chris is who introduced us. Yeah. So, so, uh, Perry Saraceno is my next door neighbor. Yeah. Uh, love him and his wife, Kathy love, love, love. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, uh, Perry said, you gotta meet my brother, Chris, you know, and, yeah. uh, and, uh, he's a mover and shaker in this entrepreneurial business world too. Yeah. And just wrote a book. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. Chris and I hopped on the phone, had a great phone call and, uh, and then, uh, voila, he may introduce me to you and the rest is history. It's awesome. Yeah. I just, I just tagged Chris in this, see if he, he jumps on, but so, so, um, so what happened from there with the, the magazine? Did you, I mean, you started franchising. 
Yeah, so we franchised it all over the country. And then, um, so it was a great business for a long time. We were an Inc. 5000 company for three years in a row. No we're a top 100 company. We won some great content awards. We went against like Scholastic, et cetera. Wow. You know, so our, our poop didn't stink for a long time yeah. until it started stinking, right? So the digital revolution, uh, yeah. you know, really around, it really started chipping away at us around 2009, 2010. Yeah. And by 2014, we retired the magazine. Oh, wow. And we went all online and sold ads online. Um, and then I tried some different iterations. I opened up a retail center, a college planning center, almost like a Sylvan or a Huntington. Yeah. But we focused on college planning. Couldn't make that work, but I tried it. We opened up an online school that taught life skills uh, to students through high schools. Uh, that's still around. Um, NextStepU.com is still around. Wow. However, it's a very different business, right? Very yeah. different business. And I'm spending most of my time with Avanti which is, you know, my new company, yeah. well, about two and a half years now, which we could certainly talk about more. But the core of Avanti is taking my my many years of being an entrepreneur, the highs and lows, and kind of packaging that up into a, a, a service that provides coaching, masterminds, and events to beginning to middle stage entrepreneurs. Wow. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, And, and we're definitely going to get into that. I, I want to I want to ask you, um, you know, there's, there's, there's times in every business owner, entrepreneur's um, career, if you want to call it a career, <laughs> but there, there's times that uh, it's almost like a, a, a very dysfunctional career at times, I think, you know. With me, there's been time, many times, where it's like, oh my God, I have payroll due this week, and we don't have it, <laughs> right? Or, sure. Or, you know, like, and you're navigating all of these different different lanes trying to figure it out. So what are some of the, the, the bumps in the road that you've, you've hit along the way? Because so far, you've made it sound like, um, you know, you had this idea and it just took off and you never had any problems or challenges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, there's, you know, uh, I, I would say... You know, any entrepreneur tells you that they've never had any issues or problems. They're they're a total liar, right? I mean, I you know, Ken, I do my own podcast. I've been doing it for about two and a half years, yeah. the Avanti Entrepreneur Podcast. And a question I, I ask on a regular basis is tell me about a time when you crashed and burned. Right. I don't ask them if they had a time. I'd say, Tell me a time. Right. And they all have they're like, which one? Which one, you know, <laughs> the good entrepreneurs yeah. will share, will share the story yeah. uh, because they know it can help other people. So they don't have to go through it, you know? Uh, so, and some of these stories are like downright, holy, how are you still alive? Yet they were able to get back up and rise like the Phoenix. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I, I was riding very high with next step. It was a great business. Like I said, Inc. 5,000 company, three years in a row, top 100 multimillion, I, you know, buying, you know, things in cash, right? Yeah. Uh, investment properties, et cetera. And then, um, like I said, I thought my poop didn't stink. And then it did. It did hard, right? Yeah. And, um, and so I'm still, so I was high, went back down uh, on the roller coaster, and I'm still coming back up, right? Sure. I mean, I'm, I, I have a new company again. It's called, you know, like we said, Avanti. Right. I mean, it's about two and a half years into it. And you know, if you start any company without uh, investor money, which, which I'm doing, it takes a good three or four years to get the flywheel turning, right? Yeah. People forget that. You have a new product, a new idea. Oh, it's been two months. How come it's not succeeding yet? Right. 
Remember, remember that first company that That's you started right. from scratch and you bootstrapped it. It took at least two, probably three, if not four years That's right. to get it going, right, to the point where the flywheel was turning with cash flow. And, um, I, I and, think- and people got to remember that. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs fail. Um, and, and not just entrepreneurs, salespeople. Uh, you know, sales, you know this, you've been in sales in a variety of different things, I'm sure. But like I've seen it, I've hired salespeople, trained them. You think this guy is going to kill it and and he doesn't come out of the gates making four grand a week. So he, he you know. He, he may make zero a week for a while, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And Maybe negative they zero. They give up. They move. <laughs> they go somewhere else. And I've, I've done that. I've done it myself. But it takes, I think it takes some years before you finally go, okay, like no matter what it is, it's going to take time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you have to have the endurance yeah. and listen, I'm a very positive guy, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. People see me, they, they, I, I just, I'm a, I tend to be a sunny disposition, gregarious type of guy, yeah, you know, right, right. pooping rainbows. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, listen, I have my days. I, I would say I have my mornings, uh, you know, like we all experience yeah. the, 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 the tough, the tough times, the highs, the lows. And, you know, you, you have to just, you know, keep on walking through whatever hell you're experiencing at that time. Yeah. I had a boss one time, uh, Steve Chartrand. He said, Dave, you got to have the bad times in order to appreciate the good times. And I thought that was so powerful. Yeah. Winston Churchill, when you're walking through hell, don't stop. <laughs> Keep on walking, you know. Happens yeah. to all of us. Mel Robbins, I, she's got a great interview where, you know, her and her husband were going through a really tough time uh, on the edge of bankruptcy, a lot of debt. And she didn't want to get out of bed, right? And yeah. her interview was like, she pretended she was a rocket ship. She was watching some NASA program. Yeah. Three, two, one. She says that to yeah. herself and she blasts out of bed. I yeah. say that to myself on a regular basis. I got to get out of bed. Charge again. Good, good, bad, or ugly. Got to keep on moving. You know, Grant Cardone is a friend of mine, and and I was on a phone call with him one day, and I when when crap was hitting the fan in my company, and and things weren't good, like it was it was bad. And he says, "Dude, my mom used to say, when you're going through hell, stop on the gas. <laughs> like, right? You just gotta, <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Get through yep. it. Which there, everybody, you know, they're all saying that, but." But like, what, what is, um, in your opinion, what is, what is the number one thing that, um, what's the number one thing that stops people that holds them back? You know, people hit these walls in life. They hit these, these, and, and they, they stop or they get frozen for a significant amount of time or do what you were just saying about Mel Robbins. They hide under the covers and stay there forever or whatever. What is it that, in your opinion, what do you think keeps people stuck? They, they make the mistake of not thinking they're good enough, right? Mm. So it's fear, it's anxiety. It's, you know, people call it the imposter syndrome. Like I don't deserve to do this. I don't have the expertise to do this. Right. Guess what? Gary V got freaking like seven views on his first video. Right. He admits that, right? He doesn't say, oh, I'm, I have the imposter syndrome. I'm not meant to do this, right? You know, maybe the next video he got, you know, 12 views. Right. And then the next video, maybe he got 20 views, right? He kept on going. So it really comes down to saying, you know what? 
damn it, I have to set up the visualization of where I want to be. Right. And I have to, I have to repeat that to myself every day and, and, you know, feed my brain Yes. The words, the actions, uh, and, and, and just really the visual of where I want to be on a daily basis. Our brain is – it's an amazing tool, and we can program it to wherever we want to be. Yeah. And the default sucks, right? The default is telling us it's very easy to be negative, to get scared, to be, to be fearful. It's very easy, yeah. right? Yeah. It's harder to, to break through all that. And take the instigative approach to to program your brain for success with positivity, with confidence, with with incredible visions of where you want to be, yeah. and 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 then working towards that. <clears throat> so, it, I, I think a lot of people get stuck uh, in in not feeding their brain the right information to break through the barriers of imposter syndrome, fear and anxiety and just low confidence to get to that other side. Yeah. Uh, you know, listen, uh, most of us have many, many days of low confidence, but the ones that succeed, you know, we, we replace that negative thought with something positive. Maybe it's something grateful that we're, that we're grateful for. Or, you know, for me, you mentioned Grant Cardone, you know, when I, when I get a little, uh, when I have a negative thought, I, I picture myself on a stage in front of 10,000 people, you know, I- impacting them, influencing yeah. them. And, uh, and and I know Grant does that. Right. So yeah, yeah. so that motivates me. That's where I want to go. Right. right. I want to be in that stage introducing Grant Cardone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. At my conference. Right. right. And, uh, and so th- right. that's that's the vision of, of that. I I replace in my brain, in my mind when I, when I'm having, you know, negative kind of, you know, thoughts that are, are going to stop my progress. So for, for, let's say that, that somebody, you know, called you up and they said, um, they said, man, I, I, Dave, I just, um, I can't get it. I, I don't know what's going on. I can't, I can't, you know, they're, they're shutting off the electric tomorrow. Cars getting repossessed. You know, it's, it, it, everything's going wrong. And I can't figure out how to make it go right. As hard as I work, I can't figure it out. What do you say to that person in that moment to get them, you know, over that hump that that we've all been through? I mean, you can't own a business. Like, you know, I used to be ashamed that I've had bad credit. And and I'm like, uh, there's not a business owner on the planet that if they're honest, that hasn't been through some some credit problems here and there it's just the way it, it's part of the deal so yeah um, yeah now Vern Harnish uh, calls it uh, uh, earning your stripes right you missed you know Vern Harnish who we well know from gazelles and started yeah. uh, entrepreneurs organization yeah uh, I, I, I took a birthing of Giants program uh, and, and you know he spoke and he said how many people have missed payroll and you know a lot of most of the class sheepishly raised their hand. Congratulations. Part of earning your stripes. Right. right. I'm like, so we all felt a little bit better. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, so what, so, so what do I say? Your question was, how do you, how do you kind of, you know, uh, stop you, somebody, yeah, uh, you, when they, you, when, when they're feeling like they can't move forward anymore. Yeah. And it's, you know, uh, first of all, uh, I would like to take them out of their environment. Can, can we go for a hike? Can we go for a walk? Can we go work out together? Yeah. Can we add some some blood and oxygen to their brain and to their nervous system? Can we can we take some deep breaths and just kind of stop the insanity? And then I want to, I really want to ask them, you know, 
what is your ultimate vision? You know, what is your superpower and how does that relate to your ultimate vision? And if you go back and look on a daily basis, right. how often are you using that superpower uh, to make that vision happen? And oftentimes they'll say, not much because they're putting out this fire and they're 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 busy with this stupid thing and this stupid thing you know activity does not equal success people are busy uh but they're not making things happen so we get back to the basics okay you know you want to be able to you know make this happen with this great vision yeah let's really take a look at your core strengths and and how can we uh, super hyper focus you to, to uh, focus on activities on a daily basis that's going to lead to that result. Right. And usually it's sales, right? Usually it's sales, yep. sales and marketing. And, you know, it's easy to go through a day and you say, holy shit, I didn't ask one person to spend money with me. Right. Right. And, and sometimes you go through two days and three days in a week, and, but you were busy. Yeah. Right. A lot of quotes up there, right? A lot of air quotes. Yeah. And you say, oh, my God, you know, I kept busy doing this, this, and this, but I didn't ask one person to buy something. And so what I would tell that person is, you know what, you need need to carve out. Let's start with at least 90 minutes a day. And, And pretend it's like the dentist or like it's an appointment that you need to keep. 90 minutes a day that you that's all you're going to do is super hyper focus right. on making that cash register ring. Are you prospecting? Are you dealing with current clients trying to upsell them? Right. 90 minutes a damn day. Do you have that? Yes, you do. You do that every day. Let's say let's start with three, three days a week, hopefully five days a week, 90 right. minutes a day in six months. Your life will be turned around. You'll be making payroll. Your credit, you know, your credit score will improve. Uh, nine times out of ten, that's the answer. Is they're 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 avoiding doing that. That they're rolling up the sleeves. Call it the pick and shovel work. Yeah, it's not sexy. It's not sexy, Mm-mm. right? People, say, I want to have fun. I want to have fun. <laughs> you know what? Ninety nine percent of business is not fun. It's freaking hard work, it right? Is hard work. Uh, it's hard work. It's not yeah. fun all the time, right? Uh-uh. You want to go have fun? Great. Five o'clock, have a drink with a friend, you know? Yeah. You know, you and I, you know, we're like, my sleeves are rolled up right now. I'm, I'm yeah. you know what? We're making things happen. And, and it, yeah. it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be related to taking your superpowers, your energy. And, and how do, how do we, how do we mind map, mind map that into the sales funnel? Yeah. End of the day, that's it. Sales. Sales, baby. That's it. It's all about I, sales. It, it, it really is, man. It really is. Yeah. If you're not selling as a business, if things are going bad, sell. Yeah. Focus everything yeah. you have on selling. That's it. Yeah. And I, I think it was Tony Robbins who get, did, did a, a great metaphor. In the beginning, you know, you, you got to go crazy, right? You got to go nuts. Yeah. Uh, just like an airplane uses uh, the majority of its fuel when it's getting off the ground, right? But then when it's in the air... Obviously, it's still using fuel, not as much. You, as a new business or somebody who needs to reboot the business, you got to go hog wild. You're going to be using a lot of fuel. Yeah. Get off the ground. When you got the system, you know, flowing, don't give up. But right. you, 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 you will be able to, to, I'll say, coast a little bit, uh, but, but still keep that sales flywheel turning for sure. 
That's awesome, dude. So, so why don't we talk about <clears throat> what Avanti is? Why don't you tell everybody what you're doing now and what it's all about and how they can find you and follow you and, and all of that? Yeah, so Avanti, I, I started it here in Rochester as a coaching company, and then I started doing events, brought in Norm Brodsky from Inc. Magazine as my first keynote. And then I started doing my podcast, the Avanti Entrepreneur Podcast, and have some great guests. We're going to have you on the show as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, Kevin Harrington, Vern Harness, some, you know, Lolly Daskal, some incredible guests, right? Wow. And, um, yeah, and uh, I'm supposed to have Dean Graziosi coming up, psyched about that, had Ed Mydelad. So I've had some big names, right? Oh, you have. Uh, really impactful people. Um, and so that, and then, um, somebody asked me to start a mastermind group here in Rochester, got the word out on social media, uh, like over 40 people were interested in joining. I'm like, that's too many for one. So we started four groups, right? And then we had six and we went to Buffalo and Manhattan and Toronto and Burlington and New Jersey. And, uh, so now we have mastermind groups, you know, all over the place. Wow. So it really has turned into, and I partnered with a wonderful guy named, uh, Carl Gold, who was one of the first Tony Robbins coaches back in the nineties. Yeah. And now he has a company where he certifies coaches and he's got, he's certified hundreds of coaches in his network. So they they become our coaching arm. He's a partner in the business. So we're able to take all of his coaches and offer Avanti coaching as well. So it's Avanti, it's called the Avanti entrepreneur network. Yeah. And we're creating the world's largest membership based community of entrepreneurs that offers coaching. Uh, it offers training, advising, mastermind groups and uh and events and content for entrepreneurs and we have different levels so our our, our um our entry level is only 29 a month right yeah. it's in it's a weekly online webinar where you could do q a with certified coaches you get a weekly email facebook group page events etc online library and then we move it up where you get a mastermind group and then you you know the further you go up you get more and more personalized one-on-one yeah. -on -one coaching and mastermind groups which is higher level players um and so that's where we're going making really coaching uh accessible and affordable yeah. uh for any entrepreneur dude that's awesome man how so it's going it's going pretty well yeah, absolutely. Avanti means move forward. So that was, uh, you know, kind of a nice name after next step, you know, the continue forward movement. Right. So, yeah, yeah that's what we're doing. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, tell, I tell you, I, I've got a, a, a friend of mine um, that his father started this company years ago. And, you know, one day when I had one employee, my first office and I couldn't make payroll <laughs> this yeah. one week. And I'm like, Dang, yeah. on it. what am I going to do? One employee, the dude was only making 500 bucks a week. Right, um, yeah, you earned your stripes early on. Yeah, and I called this guy. He does $100 million a year. And I called him and I said, how, how what's, I said, I don't want a loan. I don't want money. What's the, what's the secret, man? Like, I, I can't make payroll. I can't figure this out. What's, what's going on? He goes, dude. There is no secret. He goes, well, actually, yeah, if there is one, this is it. He goes, because I've been there. He goes, I've had my, my five credit cards maxed out with $450,000 in debt. I had all these employees, I had, and I couldn't make payroll. And I'd have company meetings and bring 30 or 40 employees together and say, hey, we're, we'll get you next week. Can't do it this week. Sorry. Love you all. And he goes, some people would walk out right there on the spot and leave me. And, and other people stayed and they're all multimillionaires today. He said, but I'll tell you the secret is this. It's stay in the ring. 
You keep swinging, you keep fighting, keep running, and don't let that blanking tiger catch you. Exactly, exactly. Like, yep. Right? That's it, man. Like, there's no, there's, you, you just got to keep pushing. Keep moving forward. Avanti, baby. I love it, dude. I love it. Yeah. So that's going well for you. Going very well. Yeah. And Good. I, you know, I have a BHAG, uh, you know, big, hairy, audacious goals. I, I want, uh, oh. within five years, I want 100,000 Avanti members worldwide. Wow. <clears throat> and that's starting at $29 a month and then, you know, moving it up from there. So that's, that's where, that's, that's where I'm, I'm focused on is, is really creating the most accessible uh, and, and valuable membership based community for entrepreneurs. Wow. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Well, Thank is you. there, is there, how can everybody follow you? Where, where's the best place to follow you? So uh, we're, we have a, a great, great website called Avanti we make we make you spell entrepreneur, but you will learn it after a while. Right. And uh, but you know, if people really want to uh, reach me, they can they can email me David at davidmamano.com, M A M M A N O. I'm on. Uh, I'm I'm actually uh, pretty. I, I say this with Ron Burgundy in mind. I'm kind of a big deal on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, I'm approaching <laughs> I think twenty thousand connections on LinkedIn, right. uh, on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I don't use Twitter too much, but I'm on there. Yeah. But probably the best place to connect with me personally is on LinkedIn. I, I look at all those messages and reply yeah. and all that stuff. So, wow. uh, but, um, yeah, be, be happy to, um, you know, it's in my, it's in my, uh, my spirit to help people. Yeah. I get energy from it. So please reach out if there's anything I can help you with. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being on today. Um, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I, 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 I apologize. I've had to reschedule with you a couple of times, but uh, we made it happen, man. So. No problem. Like I like I said, I can't get mad. Otherwise, I'd be able to throw the first stone, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Dave, thank you. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you being on here. Thank you, Ken. And, and right. once again, a shout out to Chris Saracino for introducing us. Appreciate Chris, that. Chris is awesome. So thank you to anybody who's been on here and shared this out. If you haven't shared it yet, please share it out. And we will see you guys soon. Don't hang up on me yet, Dave. We'll see you I'm guys. I'm here for you. See you guys soon. Take care.